Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow body set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow & Go facial set provides spa-level results at home. Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest And a very good morning. Let me stay with the weather for a moment because it really is a bitterly, bitterly cold morning out there and temperatures are expected to drop to below zero every night this week. We really are in the midst of a cold uh, snap. Temperatures will struggle during the day uh, between one and five degrees right across this week, but certainly they'll be below zero for every night this week. And Met Aaron are even predicting at this stage that Thursday and Friday we could see some falls of snow and for the children who are on an extended Christmas break it'll be good news for them they'll all be out building snowmen and having snowball fights but for the rest of us they'll have to get out and drive and go somewhere absolutely hate driving in icy conditions and snowy conditions and motorists have been warned to exercise extreme caution on the roads because roads will be uh, more prone to ice as the temperatures drop so please be careful out there I know the road grishers were out uh, this morning but just be careful if you're in very sheltered areas and particularly the fact that Met Aaron are saying it's unlikely that the frost uh, and that the icy conditions are going to lift in all areas this morning so it could remain with us all day. Anyway, leave that aside. That's the weather forecast. Wrap up warm. If you do need to leave your home and if you don't need to leave your home, we all know the advice at the moment is to stay at home. And we wish you, as we start our first programme for 2021, can I wish you a very happy and a peaceful and a safe new year. And I think good health is what we're all wishing each other as we head into uh, 2021. Hopefully you had a lovely, quiet Christmas. I think anyone that you're talking to um, if you have been out if you did meet up with one or two people or even talking to people on the phone or FaceTiming people or hooking up with people on Zoom I think everybody had the same message this year that it was a very quiet and a very peaceful uh, Christmas and I think for the majority of us we really enjoyed it I I'd, I have to say it was a lovely restful time and I did, we didn't have the those of us who have cooked in the past for a large number of people at Christmas it was very different in that you were all we were all cooking now for just a smaller number of people and certainly there wasn't the same stress levels attached to the getting all of the 
ingredients that you need to put a big Christmas dinner uh, together and all the food that you need to buy and all the prep that you need to do. So certainly for us that uh, males and females who are responsible for cooking the Christmas meal, it was certainly stress-free uh, this uh, year and we still had a, a, a lovely Christmas dinner that we all enjoyed. So hopefully you had a very happy and a peaceful Christmas and as I say, please do your very best to stay safe as we head into 2021 and, you know, when I signed off on uh, Christmas Eve and I was thinking of when I'd be coming back in the new year, I was thinking how much would we be able to, how little of COVID would we be able to talk about into the new year? But I've got a funny feeling we're going to be on COVID related topics for certainly the next number of weeks, if not the next number of months. And it is just so alarming, the figures that we are now seeing day on day. And reading in the Irish Independent this morning, they're saying that the tracing and the testing system is becoming increasingly overwhelmed to the point where the automatic the automatic test for everyone who's suspected of having COVID-19 may have to be abandoned for a period of time. Instead, what they may decide to do is they'll target the testing of particular groups, you know, people like older people um, or people in the at-risk groups who present with symptoms. They may decide to only test those people. And of course, yesterday we had just under 5,000 new cases of the virus reported and that then brought the total number of infections in this country to over 100,000 since the pandemic began. Anyone with symptoms of the virus is still being referred, by the way, for testing. So if you have symptoms, do not ignore it, thinking, ah, sure, they're not testing anymore. They still are testing at the moment. But it was the Irish Independent are picking up on this on a letter that was sent out to GPs. And Dr Neil O'Connor of the Irish College of General Practitioners said in the letter, it is possible that in the coming weeks that they may have to revert to targeting testing just of uh, symptomatic groups rather than testing everyone with symptoms as they're doing at the moment. The guidance uh, also said that if close contact contacts have ongoing exposure to the person with the COVID-19, such as a family member who cannot self-isolate, be that a child or a dependent adult, then they're saying that that family should stay at home for 17 days. Now, that is a bit of a change up to this. It has people who are self-isolating either because they lived with somebody who was COVID-19 or somebody who was a close contact to somebody with COVID-19. They have been told to self-isolate for 14 days, but now they're saying, because, of course, they know that there are families where maybe parents have one or both of the parents have COVID-19 or maybe one or some of the children have COVID-19 and it's impossible to completely quarantine that person away from everybody else in the household, particularly if they're small children. So for that reason, they're saying that that family group should remain at home for 17 uh, days. With new infections now reaching a record high yesterday, Tony Houlihan coming out and blatantly coming out and saying to people, the message is simple, stay at home. Up to two o'clock yesterday, there were 685 patients with COVID-19 in hospital. 62 were in ICU. An additional 96 people were admitted to hospital and that was just in the previous 24 hours. And that's where the real worry is, is when the hospitals start to fill up with patients with COVID-19. Tony Houlihan saying that this is a critical time. He says we are seeing a really significant surge in the infection. That's leading to a very rapid increase in both hospitalisations and admissions to the ICU 
new uh, unit. He says that this is unsustainable for the healthcare system. He's telling, he then went on to say to the public to act as though you are infectious. He told people work from home as in from today. If you're an employer, ask your employees to stay at home. And it also emerged that 25% of people who tested positive were not answering the first call from the public health staff asking for a list of their contacts and they'll keep ringing back. They'll make several attempts uh, to ring back. But and before Christmas, if I had heard that, people, you know, not answering the cause. This is people who have tested positive for COVID-19 and we know that somebody from the public health team will ring them so they can go to, well, where were you in the previous 24 hours, 48 hours? Who are your close contacts? Can we have the names of those people? Please have your telephone numbers for them. And then, of course, it's the contact tracers will contact the people to say you've been in close contact. And they don't say who you've been in contact with, but they'll get on to and warn people that they have been in close contact of a confirmed case. Then I would have been very annoyed to hear that 25% of people who had tested positive were not answering those phone calls so that the contact tra- tracers can get can get working on it. But then over Christmas, I heard of somebody that I know who was diagnosed with COVID-19 who was simply so unwell, was not able to answer a phone call from anyone. They, they were just literally that sick that they were in bed. And, you know, it took a couple of days for them to get the strength then to be able to take the phone call and to be able to speak to the person from uh, the public health staff. So before we start criticising why somebody wouldn't have answered the call from public health, it could be that simply they are in bed feeling so miserable and so unwell with COVID-19 that they're not able to answer uh, the call. But for people then who get contact traced, it is so important if you get that text message and that's what's happening at the moment. uh, Close contacts will get a text message to say that they have been identified by the HSE as being in close contact and then of course they're told what to do that they need to self-isolate and as we know this was a change over Christmas if you are a close contact then you're not automatically sent forward for a test what they will say to you is you restrict your movements for the 14 days from the last contact with the person with the uh, COVID and then if you then develop symptoms you're then told to contact your GP or an out of hours doctor and they can refer you to for a test in the usual manner But as of now, when you're identified as a close contact, that is the change. You don't automatically go forward for a test. And they're also saying to people, look, some of the close contacts will be missed. But if you know, if you can self-identify, if you know that you have been with somebody who tested positive for COVID-19 and you were with them, say, in the previous 48 hours before they got symptoms, before they found out, that they that they were had tested positive, and even if you don't get contacted by contact tracing, please do the responsible thing and self isolate, self isolate, restrict your movement for the fourteen days, just to be absolutely sure that you haven't picked up COVID-19 because of course we know you can have COVID-19 and be wa- walking around with no uh, symptoms uh, at, uh, at all. It will be up to your doctor by the way if you, uh, it's at a GP's discretion. If the GP feels that you do need to go forward for a test then they certainly will put you forward for a test. I mean particularly if you've been in close contact and perhaps you're a carer or you're living with somebody who is in a vulnerable group then your GP may decide that yes you are somebody that needs to go forward for testing so do get on to 
uh, you GP and I have to say I have huge sympathies for GPs who are working flat out at the moment. We will speak with a GP from West Cork later on in the programme today because what's very worrying is there has been a rise in cases in areas that have seen little or no COVID-19 certainly before Christmas has that to do with people coming home for Christmas and people travelling home for Christmas and people coming in from overseas and nobody nobody knowingly went home for Christmas and brought COVID-19 with them they didn't know that they, they had it and we did warn about that before Christmas that people would be bringing home a Christmas present that they really wished they hadn't particularly if they've got somebody in the household who is very very vulnerable our lines are open John Paul is on his own taking your calls and the phones have already been busy this morning so please bear with them and have patience 1850 you can also text and WhatsApp the programme to 0862 103 103 and of course you can email Patricia at c103.ie a lot of commentary coming in to us this morning. Deirdre is very uncomfortable. Uh, she says about sending her child back to school next Monday. I know school is vital but positive cases are simply too high says Deirdre. She feels the schools should close until at least January the 20th and then review on January the 20th but she feels next week is too early uh, to be sending the children back to school and the latest news coming out from Dublin is that government ministers are telling political reporters in increasingly of the view that schools may not reopen on January the 11th. They were due to go, they were due to go back on the 7th, wasn't it? And then the decision was made that they would leave them closed for the Thursday and Friday of this week and instead reopen next Monday. Now, as of now, schools are set to open next uh, Monday, but there's a long week in that. And I'm wondering, are a lot of parents with Deirdre on that just feeling a little bit uncomfortable if numbers remain as high as they are at the moment would you be as Deirdre has said uncomfortable sending your children to school next week or are you of the view that children are safer and better in a school environment we know when we look at the figures up to Christmas and when the schools opened in September between September and Christmas there was a small number when you look at the number of over 4,000 schools that we have in this uh, country I think it came out that there was about 200 cases within schools now some of them would have been clusters of two and three cases other than would have been just individual single cases of COVID-19 but there was none of them identified as spreading rapidly through a school so the theory had been certainly up to Christmas that children were safer in a school environment than at home where maybe they would be out socialising with their friends instead so your views on that where are you about schools possibly reopening next Monday good or a bad move and John and Mallow heard me say about the nice quiet Christmas that I had this year John reckons I may be I may be one of the few who had a quite quite Christmas this year John says a lot of supermarket shelves were stripped of alcohol in the run up to Christmas many people had house parties unless they close the off licenses or restrict access to off license we're never going to see the numbers come down John also feels we need to close the ports both the air and sea ports and John Paul says a number of calls that he's taken this morning are saying the very same thing. We need to close off the border into this country. We need to stop people bringing in different strains of COVID-19 into Ireland. And Frank is in Clonakilty and he was walking his local beach over Christmas and he said he couldn't believe the number of conversations he was overhearing of people saying that all just made it home for Christmas. He heard of one person saying the person just made it in from 
France, got home in time for Christmas. Another man he overheard telling a friend that his son obviously was meant to fly into Cork, couldn't when they stopped the flights. So the son flew from London to Belfast and the dad drove up to Belfast from West Cork to collect him instead. Uh, Frank says, no no wonder we have the numbers we had uh, when we, the Irish, heeded the message and stayed at home but everybody else didn't abide by those rules and instead they came home and joined us here in Cork instead. It is not fair on those of us who abided by the uh, rules. Some of your WhatsApps listener says Patricia over 30,000 people arrived from the United Kingdom in the lead up to Christmas. It was inevitable that we would have huge increases in COVID cases. When figures continue to rise daily in the middle of December the government should simply have stepped in and can Christmas. New Zealand have perfectly managed the situation. They're now reaping the benefits and returning to a very normal uh, existence. Whereas instead, what do we do? We're going backwards. Tim says restrictions should never have been eased for Christmas. We are certainly now paying the price. And hi Patricia, my grandson said Mary got a COVID test yesterday in the South Douglas Road. He wasn't feeling well on Saturday. Contacted his GP. Got a test for yesterday. Results are expected in 48 hours. It is taking about that. It's taking about 48 hours now for test results. We were in a situation where people were getting a test result within 24 hours but it does seem to be get, to be taken about uh, two days. But if you are waiting on a test result, you know it is absolutely so important that you quarantine almost act like you have been given a positive result protect everybody around you Uh, and hopefully the good news might come out and that you'll get the results saying that you are negative but act as if you're positive I saw somebody on Twitter say that this was up it happened up in Dublin they were in a supermarket and as they went into the supermarket overheard a woman who was in front of them very loudly having a conversation it wasn't he said that he was deliberately snooping on the conversation she was right in front of him heading into the shop explaining to somebody on the other phone that whoever she was having the conversation with the conversation went something like yeah contact trace well they'll get in contact with you and they'll tell you that you'll have to go for a test so obviously they were discussing some little group who'd all been together and someone had tested positive and then the woman said yeah uh, John went this morning he's got his he had his test uh, he had his test this morning and I had my test yesterday I'm waiting on the results and this woman was heading into a supermarket and had obviously been identified as either a close contact or had come down with symptoms but was out going into a supermarket doing her shopping while openly telling somebody on the phone that she had her test uh, yesterday. The guy on the, the Twitter who said it said I immediately just gave her a wide berth and exited the store which is exactly what I would do as well so please if you are and have gone forward for a test and you're waiting on a test result act as if you've been given that positive result 1850 John Paul taking your calls you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Cork today on C103 with McCroom Motors leading the way for Toyota hybrids the place to order your 211 Toyota see McCroomMotors.com Now this week sees the start of the rollout of COVID-19 vaccines to staff and residents at nursing homes, welcoming the vaccine programme as a beacon of light. Ty Daly, CEO of Nursing Home Ireland, who joins me. Uh, Good morning to you, Ty. Good morning, Patricia. And a happy new year to you. Yes, best wishes to you as well for the, the new year. And here's to a better, here's to a better one. <laughs> Absolutely, big time. Absolutely. Now, with numbers rising uh, on a daily basis, is it fair to say this vaccination programme just simply can't come soon enough? 
Absolutely. You took the words literally out of my mouth. That's exactly the point that we've been making over the last number of days. We've been working closely with the HSE literally up to Christmas Eve and also also over the, the Christmas break to expedite this. But, you know, it really cannot come quick enough now at this stage because the numbers that are uh, being reported on a daily basis, as your listeners will know, are, you know, very, very concerning. There's an exceptionally high level of transmission in the community. And as we know from the first wave, that has a, a, a disproportionate effect on nursing home care. So the, the vaccine is definitely very, very good news. Do nursing homes know at this stage when the vaccines will be arriving? Yeah, absolutely. The, well, the list that was circulated on the I think 23rd of December now uh, had a list of, of a three-week programme beginning on the 11th of, of January, which is next Monday. Uh, now, there was, I think there, there are the total of 25 this week, uh, none in Cork, actually, uh, unfortunately. Um, the only one in, in the CHO is in Kerry. But, yeah, all of the nursing homes now would have a date, uh, but it's still very much, I suppose, uh, a work in progress because we'd be hoping now that given the the challenges that we face as a society, that there may be a way of, of expediting some of the, the vaccination rollout, um, particularly around the, the, the timeline. So uh, we have a lot of experienced nurses in the sector who are peer vaccinators for the flu vaccine, for example. So um, we'd be hoping that many of those would be trained to supplement the, the vaccination program. So we'd be we'd be hopeful that it can be expedited. But equally, we're con- I suppose note as well that the supply isn't uh, at this stage, you know, guaranteed. I, I believe that there's another forty thousand doses coming this week. So the only limit now, really, in our mind, to uh, expediting the vaccine should be ensuring that there's a sufficient supply. And the plan at the moment is the vaccine comes to the nursing home. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Each nursing home under the, the, the plan device is termed what's called a, a vaccination administration location. So, uh, I mean, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, as, as many of your listeners will know, is, is a quite a complex vaccine. So it, it, it has to be stored at a certain temperature, uh, etc. So, yeah, it will come to the nursing home. Uh, there'll be an experienced team of vaccinators and we'll be supplementing that with the staff because the staff in the sector obviously would know the residents and be able to reassure them and comfort them. Um, so each nursing home then will will, will set out a, a timetable depending on the size of the home. You know, some of the smaller homes, you, you, you may be able to do it in a day for some of the larger homes in terms of uh, both residents and staff. It, it may take a number of days. If, God forbid, there's an outbreak of COVID-19 in a nursing home, would that affect the rollout? Yeah, that, that was reported during the week and we've been reassured again by public health that, you know, that's not as definitive. Uh, in fact, the opposite is the case. Public health are saying to me is that if there's a, an outbreak, that should be, uh, I suppose, a signal to expedite it. But clearly it has to be done safely. So I suppose public health will have to make a call on that ultimately. It, you know, it depends on the scale of the outbreak. As you know, an outbreak in some cases can be two or more. So if you have a you know, 40, 50 bed nursing home with two residents uh, that are COVID positive, then there's no, in my mind, there's no impediment to completing the vaccination programme. But clearly, if there's a large number of, of residents and maybe, maybe staff out as well, then, you know, that may impact. But we'd be hoping uh, that, you know, it, that, that won't be, as I say, uh, an impediment to uh, early and, and a safe and successful rollout. OK, and then, of course, they'll come, vaccinate, and then they've got to come back in three weeks' time, 21 days later. That's right, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a two-dose vaccine. So um, uh, the initial one is, is for the three weeks, the 11th, the 18th and 25th. And then uh, from the first week of February again, there'll be a further, a further three-week rollout. And, you know, hopefully if we have 
uh, increased numbers of vaccines coming into the country. Uh, we might be able to, you know, truncate some of that maybe, you know, into into a two-week, maybe the second time round. Uh, that's what we'd be hoping. So uh, we'd be expecting that all nursing home residents who wish to take the vaccine and staff would, uh, at a minimum, be completed by, by the end of February at this point in time. Well, and I know there was talk last week around consent form. Has all that been sorted out and is is is, uh, they, is that system being made as easy as possible for people? Yeah, well, I, well look, regrettably, it, it's not a, an online system as of yet. The, the HSE are still working, I, I believe, on a, a portal and an IT solution, if you like, for it. So, yes, all of the forms have, have gone out to those that are up for this week and the remainder then will be issuing this week for those that are up next week. So, you know, like it is a fairly, to be fair to the HSE, it's a, it's a fairly complex uh, rollout given that you have nursing homes literally from Castletown Bear to, to Carindona and Donegal. And, um, but yeah, all of the, the information leaflets now would have been issued. We issued those ourselves uh, before Christmas to all the nursing homes. And it's important now that people would inform themselves about the, the vaccine and make the decision uh, themselves, for themselves, in terms of the, the, the taking of the vaccine. But we'd be confident, I spoke to colleagues in other jurisdictions, uh, particularly Northern Ireland and Scotland, and the, the take-up in, in among residents in both jurisdictions was of the order of 90%, and among staff it was the order of 70 to 75%. So, yeah, um, and, and I'm sure, did, yeah, did I see at the weekend, they were at about, for nursing homes in the north, they're about 80% vaccinated at this stage. They've really... They're, they're yeah. really getting through the, the, the vaccination programme, which is fantastic for people yeah. in, in, or, in Northern Ireland. Somebody's asking the question that once vaccinated, does that mean that life can return to some kind of normality uh, for residents or will restrictions still remain in place? Yeah, I mean, at this stage, it's very difficult to say. I'm, I'm not a public health expert, unfortunately, but from speaking to public health and indeed the experts around this, I, I think it might be premature to suggest that, you know, once the vaccine is in all nursing homes, that it goes back to normal maybe some relative normality, hopefully we'd be hoping. So yes, I mean, what what we'd be expecting is that the most important is that the residents and staff would uh, have immunity and that they would be safe. But the I understand that there is still a risk of transmission mm. from, from someone who has been vaccinated. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, I would suggest that we will have to maintain some of the public health measures for quite some time uh, to come. Uh, it may even be towards the end of this year. Uh, but the priority at this stage is to get the vaccine rolled out and, as I said, to, to, to ensure the safety and welfare of particularly residents and, and staff. So, OK, uh, and, and we are living under now le- level five. So what yes. does that mean for nursing home visits? Are they are they all off at the moment? Yeah, regrettably, you know, we're, we're gone back in, as you said, to level five. And what that means is that, uh, you know, it, it's only on critical and compassionate grounds that, that visits would be would be facilitated uh, and it would be a maximum of, of one visit every two weeks. But again, you know, given the high levels of acuity transmission, we have people calling us saying, you know, um, I'm concerned about my family member, why, why are visits happening at all? So it is a tricky balance. Um, but I, I know from talking to members that they're working closely with families. Communication is the key. Uh, walk, you know, chatting to the residents themselves to ensure that they're okay and if they would benefit from a visit then it will be facilitated but what we need to do now is ensure that all of us across society take all measures to continue to suppress the virus obviously uh, and, and um, limit the social contact so if somebody is coming visiting uh, as part of their once every two week visit you know, we would suggest them that they should have no social contacts uh, in advance of a visit because they, what they need to do is ensure that they don't put their, their own family member 
or indeed other residents in a nursing home at any risk of Absolutely. contacting the virus. Absolutely. Um, and Christmas, how did Christmas go? Was, was, it, was, it, diff- was it difficult for some nursing homes or did they, ever, did, did they make the best they could of it? Yeah, look, um, what I'm seeing and hearing, I've seen some pictures up on Facebook and I've, I've seen some social media activity across the country. Yeah, look, I think it was difficult. It was difficult for us all, but it was particularly difficult for residents. But, you know, the staff and, and, and management and owners right across public, private and voluntary they pulled out all the stops. I saw, you know, drive by Santa's happening. I saw, <laughs> you know, the, the, the community spirit has been phenomenal, as, as we yeah. all know, throughout, throughout COVID. Um, and, you know, hopefully that's something that will stay with us because, uh, I suppose, historically people would have seen the nursing home as that building over there. Uh, whereas I think there's a greater, I suppose, appreciation now uh, across all of community for the, the, the residents and indeed what the staff do in nursing homes. And we need to maintain that. So I would have seen people dropping you know, Christmas cakes and Christmas puddings uh, to nursing homes across Christmas. So, look, it, it was different. It was difficult. But as I said before, the lights were on and, and, and Santa, Santa delivered as well, I'm sure, in many nursing homes across the country. OK, well done. Well done. OK, Tig, listen, thank you for that. We'll speak again. Thank but in the meantime, thanks Good for morning. joining us. Happy New Year to you and you. Uh, many happy returns. That is uh, Tig Daly, CEO of Nursing Homes Ireland, actually just staying on nursing homes. I had a lovely email in from Ashley on behalf of Chuck Alter Nursing Home in Newmarket, asking me to sincerely thank Bantir Macronaferma and all those who contributed to the very generous Christmas gifts and care packages that were received for all of the residents of Chalk Ultra Nursing Home. As she says in her email, in what has been an extremely challenging time, the gifts were greatly appreciated. And uh, on behalf of Chalk Ultra, they want to wish all of the listeners a happy and a healthy new year. So a big thank you. Well done to Bantry Macronaferma and all those who contributed to those Christmas care packs that went to Chalk Ultra Nursing Home. 18 1850 John Paul taking your calls, text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com. So, you've got a smartphone or tablet. Then get the must have app so you can take us everywhere. Download the C103 app today and listen to your favourite shows on the go. Grab our podcasts and all the latest Cork news. And if you've a smart speaker, ask it to play C103. Play C103. Okay. On your phone. Tablet. Smart speaker. And radio. Turn up the volume. We are C103. Now, with the coronavirus vaccination programme underway in this country, one local councillor believes that the government should publish regular updates on the number of vaccines that are being administered. And joining me with his views, Fianna Fáil councillor Bernard Moynihan. Good morning to you, Bernard. Morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. Happy New Year to all your listeners. Many happy happy returns. Now, like the daily number of positive cases that we get, and sadly the daily number of deaths that are recorded every day. Are you looking for a daily number of people actually vaccinated to run parallel with those figures? Is, is, is that your thinking? Absolutely. I think people need to be given a bit of hope. I'm talking to people all morning this morning on the radio and on the phone here and people are, you know, really, really getting into a fairly terrified state with regard to the new strain and with regard to what's happening and so forth. And I am suggesting, and I, I'm actually... Nothing I'm suggesting, but I'm strongly calling for that every evening, the same as there when, when they come out with their list of how many people have been identified as cases that day, that they tell us how many people have been vaccinated that day and where they've been vaccinated. And I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat taken aback to read 
in yesterday's papers uh, that there's 20,000 vaccines in Dublin in the West in the West uh, the hotel in the West there and they're waiting to be moved on to, to, to places to be I think I think the vaccination program needs to be accelerated I, I'm also I want to it clarified for the public not just for me now but for the public that you know you, you don't vaccinate from nine to four you can walk through the night you can work at weekends and all that kind of business you know we 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 all have to you know and i think the government you know need to improve their their communications certainly with the public there needs to be an improvement in communications certainly with the public with regard to the number of vaccines all i've seen so far is a forklift uh dropping them off there wherever they dropped them off it needs to be moved on from that and because the public need hope, people, you know, we're going into a position where every day people want this to improve. The days are getting longer. You know, things, we're hoping that there's going to be an improvement. There's going to be, uh, you know, because the news is getting, every night is more and more dismal. It's up, the figures are up in the thousands now. So we need to look in the context of, is there is there hope out there? And are the, are the obviously the most vulnerable, the people in the nursing homes, the people in the healthcare sector, Need to be vaccinated and need to be vaccinated quickly. Yeah, we need to speed it up. I mean, I was even disappointed having just spoken with Tyke Daly, CEO of Nursing Homes Ireland, and I know the full list is out for when the different nursing homes, when the vaccination team uh, will arrive. Uh, and, you know, week one is this week, but there's no nursing home in Cork going to be vaccinated until next week. So we're already a week waiting here in Cork for our nursing home residents and staff to be vaccinated. I am very disappointed on that front. I listened to that interview. But I'm also, you know, I'm very, very disappointed. But behind every person in a nursing home, there's a family. There's sons, daughters, grandchildren, extended family who can't see that person. They're wondering or concerned or waiting. You know, there's, there's a huge... You know, going to the nursing home, looking in the window and so forth. Uh, I haven't had to, you know, when my when we, I was able to go and see my dad the last few weeks, uh, two and three times a day when he was in the nursing home, which was a huge comfort. But I, I cannot imagine what it must be like for people just to be able to go to the window and they're wondering, when is the, when is the vaccination going to take place? And I certainly think with two senior ministers here in Cork, uh, the Taoiseach and Michael McGrath, it's not acceptable that our people are not being vaccinated here in Cork at the earliest possible opportunity. And yet we're hearing from Northern Ireland they have, now I know they're three weeks ahead of us on their vaccination programme, but 80% of their nursing home residents and staff have already been vaccinated. Yes, I, I absolutely, uh, Patricia. I'm saying to you, I, I'm, I'm absolutely saying to you and I'm asking for the public out there to come in behind this campaign and I'm asking for the public out there to contact their Iraqis members to, to, to ask them to put the pressure on to get our people here in Cork, to get the people in Cork treated equally to the people in Dublin. There's nothing that annoys me more than seeing the people of Dublin treated more are getting a better kick bang for their buck than we here than we down in Cork, particularly in Duhallow, particularly in in the whole southwestern area. There you know what I mean? And, and that needs to be highlighted and I'm asking the public today to contact their Octus members, contact their councillors make contact to, to make sure that that vaccination process is rolled out and rolled out quickly for their nursing homes in Cork. OK, and then and then you wanted reported because I know Dr Tony Houlihan last week said information on vaccine uptake would be reported. Uh, but what you're looking for is more detail. You want it daily and you want figures, for example, like 2,000 were vaccinated in nursing homes. How many were staff? I mean, with the general public, you want that kind of detail. Absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I think it's not, it's the public, the public deserve that kind of detail. 
because the public out there are, are hanging on these boys every word and they're, they're looking for hope they're looking for everybody is looking for everybody wants to get this this whole crisis over with as quickly as possible it looks like we have another fairly bleak few months ahead but at least if we could be told on a daily basis how many people were vaccinated even if it were a thousand two thousand three thousand at least it would, it would indicate to the public there's something happening yeah, a sense of hope. It's, it's a sense of hope. Actually, hope. And just, just on staying on a COVID-related uh, issue, you're you're calling for non-Irish frontline staff to be given automatic Irish citizenship. What's your well, thinking behind that? Well, my thinking behind that is there's a lot of people walking in the front line at the moment in a whole range of areas, whether that's collecting the rubbish or, or, or walking in shops, putting milk in, in, in our fridge. When we go to the supervisor, there's milk in the fridge. The people might be in, in from other countries in this country providing that service, doing that work. And if they've been doing that since last March, helping out, keeping this com- com- country afloat, keeping keeping the systems, keeping the whole thing rolling along, they should be, I think in my view, they should be offered free Irish citizens or, or quick access to Irish citizenship. And I also think the minimum wage, the, the whole idea of the minimum wage and the living wage, you know, 10 20 an hour, 10 10 an hour is according to minimum wage, and the talks now to bring it up to a living wage of 12.30. I think that 12.30 should be backdated immediately to all people who are working on the minimum wage and who have walked through COVID to provide those vital services to us. Yeah, and Those they, vital and services in, you know, not alone should it be brought up to the 12.30, but it should be backdated. Okay. They have and, and they have remained they, you're right I mean there are people who've worked in in retail and in other services who Absolutely. throughout throughout the, the pandemic okay I'm just conscious of time but just on a good news uh, to finish on a good news story a contractor appointed for the construction of the new link road in Cantor uh, fantastic news <laughs> I've been working on that since 2014 and I want to compliment the Mart I suppose and all the communities down there who, who made land available for it that contractor would be in there in the end of January and it's going to be a fantastic facility for Cantork. And it's going. It's only when that road is up and operational and running that the people of Cantork and the people of Duhalla will see the benefit of it. Yeah, well, it's, a great, it's a certainly a good start for for 2021 for Cantork for sure. Bernard, we'll speak again in the meantime. Thank you for that, and thanks for joining us on no the program. Good you. morning right, to you. That is uh, North Cork Councillor Bernard Moynihan. You're listening to Cork today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Now a lot of commentary coming into us. Uh, let me get through some of them. Firstly, an email to Patricia at c103.ie uh, says, Hi Patricia, I'm sure this is a topic that has reached your desk many times during the pandemic and I would like to remain anonymous for very obvious reasons. I work in a small office in County Cork and during the first lockdown we worked from home, which successfully, uh, I may add. However, the second lockdown and subsequently this lockdown and even with repeated pleas from the CM and the Deputy CMO to work from home our employer has flatly refused to allow this. My employer's reasoning is that it's not good for his business, which I have to say is absolute rubbish. The only reason he hasn't got us working from home is because he can't get any COVID payment for us. Unlike the first time, whereby basically the government was paying the vast majority of our wages while we worked from home. He's not entitled to the payment this time round, so he's happy to have us all placed at risk. He's given us a tiny bottle of hand sanitizer each and has had the windows open in sub 
sub-zero temperatures so as to save us from COVID, our hero. Uh, with all that said, I would like to say that anyone who is able to work from home, do it. Work from home and know that you're in the safest place possible and that your employer wants to see you safe. Not every employer thinks about safety of their staff. Some are only thinking of their pockets. Kind regards and for various obvious reasons uh, that listener doesn't uh, uh, want uh, their name identified. And that's uh, that saddens me to see that because it's the one message that has come out very strongly from the CMO from Tony Houlihan. He has been at pains for the last few days. Every time I've heard the man speak, his message to everyone is to stay at home. And when you hear any of the politicians speaking, anyone from Neffet speaking, any of the health advisors, the message to everyone is, if at all possible, stay at home. Only leave your house. If it's a, for essential reasons, if it's work that can only be done, you can't do it from home or if you've got to get out to get the groceries or to medical appointment, whatever it is. But for everything else, simply stay at home. So it saddens me when this listener points out that they can work from home and they have successfully worked from home. But for whatever reason, their employer doesn't like the idea of the staff working from home. Hopefully that employer is in the minority rather than the the majority. Actually, I must... I've got to check in with John Paul because John Paul travels from the city to see what was traffic like this morning. I was really hoping that traffic, if you were out on the roads this morning, did you notice traffic was lighter than it was, say, before Christmas? Because certainly during the first lockdown, if we go back to when we went into that first lockdown in March, that was the one thing that was very noticeable. Anyone that was commuting on the roads, anyone that did have to travel uh, for work or medical for essential reasons, everyone was saying how quiet the roads were. And then, of course, we all saw how busy the roads became. And certainly in the run-up to Christmas, uh, the roads were very busy. So as I say, I do hope that employer is in the minority rather than the uh, majority. Hi, Patricia. Query for you, please. My wife works for the HSE and she's getting her vaccination next week. Is is there a risk that a vaccinated person can pass the COVID-19 vaccine virus on to a non-vaccinated uh, person? Uh, it seems there is. I mean, what they're saying is that this, va- because it's a new vaccine as well, what they're saying with this new vaccine, with the Pfizer vaccine, when somebody gets it, they're protecting themselves from getting very unwell if they pick up COVID-19. But they still don't know if a person who has been vaccinated can still get COVID-19. They won't become sick. But is it possible for them to pass it on to somebody else who hasn't been vaccinated? And for that reason, even though vaccination is going ahead, people are still going to be told to stick with the social distancing, to stick with the wearing of masks and the hand hygiene and all of that. So uh, if, you know... When your wife gets uh, vaccinated, she'll be protecting herself, thankfully, and working as a healthcare professional. She needs to uh, protect herself. But if she did pick it up, there is the possibility that, yes, she could pass it on to you. But hope- hopefully, hopefully that that scenario uh, won't happen. And just on the whole thing of close contacts and all of that, because there has been changes to how many days somebody needs to self-isolate for. And it's summed up by this text, lengthy text in from a listener who says, please, please, please don't read out my name. But I want to highlight what this text is saying is the government and the HSE haven't a clue what they are doing with the virus and okay let me read the text there are five people in my household on the 27th we got 
we found out that one member of the family was a close contact. The phone call was my worst fear throughout the entire pandemic. The member of the household was tested on the 28th of December and got the results the following day, the 29th, and to our absolute horror, the result was positive. We didn't and still don't believe the person is positive for our own personal reasons. Anyway, we were contacted on the 29th by Contact Tracing, who took details of all close contacts, which was the four remaining people in our household and two from another household. All people involved are fine, no sickness, thank God. But this is where it gets interesting. The lady that phoned us told us that the positive case had to isolate until January the 7th and that the other four in the household had to restrict our movements until January the 11th, which was fine by all of us and we reached out to a friend for help at getting groceries, etc. So then on the 31st, we started getting the text messages from the HSC and I was shocked that they were now telling two of the four household members that they had to isolate until January the 16th and the other two had to isolate until January the 13th. Now, from the day of the positive case being tested to the 16th of January, that's almost three weeks of isolation for two members of the household and just over two weeks for the other two members. It doesn't make sense at all to be told positive case is free out of isolation on the 7th and that the other four were told three different dates. Original date, the 11th of January and the 16th for two members and 13th for three members. I think it needs to be highlighted because I I don't really know what's going on. Please don't read out my name. Okay, that's where there has been changes to the way people self-isolate. And what they're saying, if you're a close contact, you do yourself isolate for 14 days. But if close contacts have ongoing exposure to the person with COVID-19 and obviously for two members of the household they're, they're deeming contact tracers are deeming that two members of the household are having very close contact either that they're a child or a dependent adult then for those people they must restrict their movement uh, for 17 days and I know it's really annoying and particularly and thank God nobody else has come down with COVID-19 but all I will say is I do know of one case that was highlighted to me over Christmas of somebody who was deemed a close contact of somebody who had tested positive but thankfully was fine absolutely nothing wrong had contacted his doctor and who said didn't didn't need to go for a test. And on day 12 of the 14 days, suddenly started to feel unwell, went for a test and then tested positive. So it is, that's why there's this 14 days. But now they've come up with 17 days. But from what I could gather, the 17 days was for children. If there was children in a household and the fear was that a child could be asymptomatic but could, could still have it and could still spread it. But they're the new it's not that the HSE and the government haven't a clue what they're doing. They've changed the guidelines when it comes to close con- con- contacts. And it does seem a bit bizarre that you can be in the same household. The person with COVID-19 is free to go after 10 days. And then the other people who haven't got COVID-19 are not looking like that they've got any signs of getting COVID-19 have to remain restricting their movements for 14 days or for 17 days. And I suppose it's more frustrating now because those people can't go forward to get a test to find out for sure if they have COVID-19 or not. So I can I can certainly sense your frustration in your text. But, yeah, and you are obviously abiding exactly by what you, be, what you are being told to do. So well done to you uh, on that. 
Okay, also coming in to us. Um, hi, Patricia. Happy New Year to you. Many happy returns. Let's hope we have something to look forward to. I keep saying we need to have something to look forward to. We should be stopping flights and ferries in and out of this country, apart from goods that need to come into this country. We should stop all sports, schools, should not reopen yet. It only takes one person to spread the virus. I'm now even scared to go to the supermarket now as people seem to be so careless at times. I tried to go at the designated time for us oldies but there are all sorts of careless people who lean across you. I just simply don't social distance. I find it very daunting. We keep away and try to stay safe but other people do not help the situation. I want nothing more than to see my family and friends, particularly those in England. It's now been a year since I've seen them but I'm prepared to to wait and that's from Mavis stay safe Mavis and all you can do and you seem to be doing it is look after yourself and you know and you've heard me say this and I was banging on about it certainly before Christmas if you go somewhere and if you feel people there's too many in wherever they place the shop you're in even though there's not many shops open at the moment wherever you are if you feel unsafe just leave just leave and if there's somebody standing too close to you move away from that person if you can be brave enough to say and I know it takes guts to say to somebody please you're in my space two metres please but if you don't feel comfortable doing that then move away just just I was getting chicken for example the other day from I was trying to find chicken and you, and you know the way you're always really careful particularly with chicken that the date is okay and particularly if you're not going to be cooking it that day and you want to make sure that the date is right on it and I sensed there was somebody literally on my shoulder leaning in to try to get chicken rather than wait for me to move on which I had done I'd waited because there'd been a lady ahead of me I simply just placed the chicken down and I moved away I let the person get the chicken I went over to another side looking in at something else and then I came back when the person was gone but you are right there are people who are simply just being careless about it don't seem to care about it whether complacency whatever it else has set in but it's individual we all have our own individual responsibility Mavis so and you seem to be doing everything right stay safe and you are right we all need to have something to look forward to and hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later everyone will be vaccinated and you'll be able to get to see your family and friends in uh, England Hi Patricia good morning just wondering we're on level 5 why are playgrounds left open I passed through a village yesterday on my way to work and couldn't believe the playground was packed with children and adults I felt it was absolute madness playgrounds are still allowed to be left open we know there's a lot of talk that there will be a tightening of restrictions within weeks unless cases fall. Will that be something that they will decide to do? Will they decide to close playgrounds? Parents will say if they've got young kids at home, particularly now young kids are going back, not going back to school, they'll probably say that they need the playgrounds to be open. It is outdoor. Hopefully the adults are doing as much as they can, social uh, distancing. But again, if the playground gets very crowded, you could really see that that being a, a kind of a dangerous situation if somebody ends up being in that situation who are COVID positive without even knowing that they are COVID positive. John in Clan says, Patricia, on COVID, we the e we, the EU, are way too slow in rolling out this vaccine. In the north of Ireland, they have been, they're rolling out the vaccine today. I see at the weekend that they had 80% of nursing homes vaccinated already. The GPs are getting vaccinated today in the north, north of Ireland. That's where they are with their rollout. Come on, roll it out. The talking, the time for talking is over in this country, says John. We need to roll out the vaccination and we need to roll it out quicker. So many people, I think, will agree with you uh, on uh, that one. 
Hi, uh, Patricia. It's my first time texting your show, but I just want to highlight a discrepancy in the rollout of the COVID vaccine. All paramedics and EMTs are not included in the rollout of the vaccine so far. Even the cleaning staff in hospitals, for example, the South Infirmary in Cork, they've already been vaccinated. Ambulance staff are the first frontline emergency callouts for COVID and other emergency calls. Also, ambulance staff are the main COVID testers in all of Ireland and yet they haven't been included. I'm really taken aback to see that. I thought when they were doing the rollout at the hospitals, I would have thought the paramedics would have been up there with the frontline staff in that the ones they working in the emergency department, those that are working on COVID wards, I thought that they would certainly have been in uh, the list. But according to this texter, who I'm assuming works in the service, they are not included in the first wave, in the first rollout of vaccination. Really, really surprised uh, to hear that. Uh, Patricia, are the driver theory tests going ahead? John Paul looked into that for me. The government has not classed the driver theory test as an essential service. Therefore, we are suspending. This is coming from from the Driver Theory Test Centre. We must suspend the provision of the service in light of COVID-5, Level 5 COVID-19 restrictions. All driver theory tests will be suspended following the conclusion of the last test, which is done on the 31st of December. Candidates who have a driver theory test scheduled up to the 31st of January will be contacted via email with details of the rescheduled appointment. Online booking for local test centres currently unavailable, uh, but expected to resume on January 5 and they apologise for any inconvenience caused. So if you have a driver theory test booked sometime during the month of January, keep a lookout please for an email from them. Your test will be cancelled. Mary says if the schools remain closed, fine. But Mary feels teachers should go on a COVID payment. Everyone else has to do it teachers should be the same. Now I'm sure there are teachers listening to us who will jump in and say that if they, even if they don't reopen the schools they'll go to remote learning and teachers will say they will still be working but they just will be doing it remotely. Also says Mary, construction workers are back today. I have family working in construction and I'm worried I'm very worried that they could bring the virus back into the house because they all work so close together and actually there's a number of texts in from people in construction saying that they cannot understand why construction has remained open. Tom in Rathgormick says the bars should never have reopened in December. Now we're all suffering because of it. Joe in Mitchellstown says everything needs to shut until March. Bring a curfew in. It's the only way and then we can vaccinate everyone and have a summer. Otherwise we're only fooling ourselves if we keep going into lockdown and reopening, going back into lockdown and then reopening. And John Paul says he's had a few calls in from retailers who uh, have shops that have been forced to close because we're in level five, yet some are complaining that market stalls have opened one in particular contacted us to say there's a market stall opened outside where their shop is while their shop remained closed. So we checked in to see what was the rules and regulations regarding stalls and market stalls during Level 5 and under the advice from government under Level 5 markets that wholly or principally offer food for sale can remain open but they must remain open only for food so if there's any market stalls opened they can only be supplying food and nothing else and I know that's frustrating frustrating for shops 
who feel that they are closed and yet a market stall can remain uh, open. And Connor on Twitter at C103 Cork says the concept that we can't afford to shut the economy down fully for six months but we can spend two more years opening up for a month and then shutting down for two or three months is really bad when it comes to economics. And I, I take it Connor is with that other listener who was saying just shut everything down, get everybody vaccinated and then oh, aim for a return to normality in the summertime. And Patrick was on to say the amount of camper vans parked in Bantry within the last week is frightening. They're parked up and coming into Bantry. Patrick was so upset and annoyed by this he actually rang the local Gardaí about it and someone at the Garda station was able to tell, tell him that there was 13 of them parked one night alone. We're supposed to be in lockdown in this country says Patrick. All the camper vans by the way are Cork Reg camper vans so they're not camper vans coming from other countries but he says why are they coming into Bantry why are they coming to West Cork they are obviously coming from outside their five kilometre but yet we the locals are abiding by all of the rules and yet these people seem to be going about uh, flouting the rules and getting away with it Patrick is extremely annoyed with that Tom says vaccines should be run should be run 24 hours a day do not not only do them between nine and five, we should have a 24-hour uh, service. And Marion from Oil says, I feel all sports like rugby, GAA, should all be stopped while things are as bad as they are uh, in level five. We need even tighter restrictions. Let me go to Pat, who uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Pat. Good morning, Patricia. You're one of the ones advocating for a close of the off-licence. Yeah, I'm just listening to the Tisha talk about GA and golf or whatever. Things where people are being careful and watching what they're doing. But the, the position with the off-licenses is crazy since last March. They closed pubs, wet pubs, fair enough. They would probably be a lot more safe than a host party. And it, it's like there are huge amounts of them going on. I, I watched it being loaded before Christmas in a certain off-license and the guy was filling the boot. If he had a pub, he wouldn't be taking home as much. And that stuff is mm. crazy. I think it's mm. crazy. And to be buying that much alcohol, it couldn't be that he was just bringing it home for his own personal use ah, at Christmas. It had to be a party. Yeah. And like that buying it at a very low price and I, I don't know. I just think it's madness. I think this should have been one of the things that were stopped from the very beginning. I know that people would alcohol problems and all that but cheapest we have a national problem too like and during every single lockdown with all of the services that have closed and shops that have been forced to close under level 5 off licenses have never not closed no there has never been any time restriction yeah. we'll say that if they were left open for one hour in the morning or two hours in the morning early morning people who would need it say for a genuine reason could get it in the early hours but they're open I don't know I presume 8, 9 maybe 10 o'clock but if you but if you if you go down that that pathway you would then have to stop the sale of alcohol inside in supermarkets oh 100% yeah okay you're not just saying the off licence you're saying right across the board absolutely 100% okay and, and I, I'd say you'd find that you could the normal country pub or the normal small pub, wet pub, you'd, you'd actually be able to open them a lot sooner where people, look, most of them are run by families with people 
and they would they they obey the rules as good as a supermarket or as anybody else. I think it's just crazy. Okay, okay. You're, you're not on your own, Pat. I think there isn't, a, hasn't, certainly wasn't a day went by uh, before we knocked off for Christmas that we didn't hear uh, people contact us or text us to say why are the off licenses, why are the amount of drink that was sold in the run up to Christmas was just off the Richter scale. All right, listen. Like, you 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 from families who have You're breaking up on me there, Pat. I'll somebody who's had a COVID case in their house and they'll say there was two of them or they were at a house or they were at something or they were at this, or at this. crazy stuff yeah. Okay, alright your phone is breaking up Thank you for that um, uh, Pat an amount of house parties and the amount of alcohol that was consumed at house parties over Christmas By the way, we're doing a poll if you're on Instagram uh, we're doing a poll should schools remain closed for the entire month of January rather than looking at they're going to open they're saying they're going to open on the 11th and then someone's saying oh they'll probably push it out for another week and they'll open the 20th instead should they just come out now this week make the decision and decide let schools close and look at it again but close it for the full month of January as I say we're doing an Insta poll on the C103 Insta stories now if you want to uh, put in your tuppence and say anywhere there 1850 333103 John Paul taking your calls text to WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs Taxi or minibus drivers wanted it's for a school run and it's in the Cork City area you need to have an SPSV licence CE placements are available in Blarney, Inniscarra, Kilcolly, Whitechurch and Grenada areas, while a HGV mechanic is wanted for country clean recycling. That's in the Ballygown area outside of Mallow. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com. Now we're going to leave COVID aside for a moment because I want to move to a completely different topic because how many times have we all put off decluttering a room or a cupboard in our homes? Many will lack motivation or simply don't know how or where to start. So with words of advice as we head into a new year, I'm joined by Anne-Marie Kingston of White Sage Decluttering, which is based in Clonakilty. Good morning, Jan-Marie. Good morning, Patricia. How are you and Happy New Year to you all? Well, many happy returns. Why do we find it so hard to get rid of a lot of the clutter that we all have around our homes? What is it within us? I suppose what happens, it's kind of going back again to our ancestors. Unfortunately, Patricia, it's going back to the times of our grandparents and our parents. We kept everything. Everything was for good wear. Our Sunday best, you came home from that. You got in, you changed into your as I would always say, kind of your older clothes, we kept everything for good wear. And that it seems to be the thing that triggers us a lot. There's a, very, a lot of emotion attached to items, sentimental especially, and every single thing, Patricia, in our home has a memory. There's an attachment to it. And that's where we find it very hard to let go. How do you define clutter? So what clutter is, clutter is items that we have not used in the last 12 to 18 months. Now, that's, that's because we cannot part with it physically, mentally or emotionally. So I'd always say to my clients, both with my one-to-ones and my online clients, it's what have you not used in the last 12 to 18 months? Now, you're going to have your, I always say there's always exceptions. Now, this year, obviously, was another exception, really. 
But like you'll always have your sparkly, um, glitzy numbers for Christmas. You'll have your occasional dresses. You're going to have um, the funeral, the black clothes. But it's the stuff that we use all the time. And we use, like, we use the same stuff all the time. And we do, and we're, and we're all guilty of that. We're, we're yes. absolutely all... We are all creatures all... of habit all the time, Patricia. Yeah, and what are the benefits of decluttering? Like the benefits of decluttering, it is life-changing, Patricia, when you start letting go, because the, it's what it, comes, it, what it basically comes down to is you can let the clutter control you or you're going to take control of the clutter. Because I've gone into homes, it's up to my knees, I don't know what colour carpet, if it's carpet, if it's tiles, lino underneath my feet... Because it's just, it started off probably as something very small. So it could have been maybe surgery, illness, sickness, someone has died, a tragedy. And sometimes it's just, just no motivation or just no get up and go to start. And that's a huge thing. And then it just takes over. So once you start letting go, it's, you're going to get motivated. You get energized. Then you realize that you don't need all these items. And I have been saying it, Patricia, since the 13th of March when my diary was wiped clean. I had clients booked in with my one-to-one sessions because I would have taken my business um, nationwide here in Ireland in 2019. And that was all gone, cleared. So, like, I kept saying from the 13th of March, if you have not used these items in a world pandemic with COVID-19, mm. the chances of you using it now are very, very slim. Because we hold on to everything, Patricia, that will be handy sometime. But when is that sometime? Yeah, so for I think especially for us ladies, uh, wardrobes, yeah. we certainly could all do with a good clear out uh, yeah. of, of the wardrobe. So the top tips are on that. I mean, the first one is obviously the wearing. If you haven't worn it in 12 to 18 months, you're not going to wear it. Yeah, like so your wardrobe, Trisha, just to give you a few tips and for the listeners this morning. It's all about your wardrobe should be 100% wearable. So you should be wearing 100% of it, not usually we're only wearing probably 20% of it, but it's just that everything fits, flatters and makes us feel good. So it's saying, again, there's no point, I suppose, it's a new year, um, there might be new habits that we want to create, so maybe we want to lose maybe that one or two stone. There's no point going to a wardrobe, open it, and there's nothing fitting. So but that pair of jeans that I will eventually slim into, yeah. I probably Ooh. never will. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, you see, because our bodies, Patricia, as we know, and I, this was a huge thing that came up for me when I was um, pregnant with my first child, um, was the whole thing with, you know, holding on to stuff and that we will fit into them. And again, when will we fit into them? It's just that if we're not going to wear them, and again, our body shapes are changing constantly. Constantly, so like we might be, maybe we might have put on those. A lot of people, I've heard a lot of people this year or no last year, say they would have found that COVID extra, maybe stone or two, yeah. and maybe we dropped down the sizes. But then I've a lot of clients who would have gone through treatment, will be on different medicines, and their body shape fluctuates. So it's again, it's working with your body shape and having a being comfortable in your own skin first of all, but having a wardrobe that represents you. And that are age appropriate. Yeah, and then when you open the wardrobe, you're able to see what's in there when when you do a declutter. Absolutely, yeah. So it's all about, like, I'd always group everything. So for when I do um, uh, wardrobe decluttering, it's all about grouping everything. So you're grouping your jumpers, your shirts, your jeans, your pencils, and so on. 
And again, I suppose, with wardrobes, and I think it comes up, I suppose, a lot for women, um, we could have multiple wardrobes. So, like, the wardrobe, the clothing might actually flow into other areas of the house, so they could go into the spare bedrooms or the half press <laughs> or things like that, which is very normal. Okay. Because, again, we women love, and I can only talk to the female race here, Patricia, yeah. or, um, but it's all about we love bargains. So, like, that's the whole thing. Again, that's another thing with clutter is we buy an emotion. We buy because maybe, okay, it's been a very strange um, last nine months for a lot of us, both business-wise and personally. But, like, we can, if we need to make ourselves feel a bit happier in ourselves, we go online. And online shopping is another thing. It's very easy to get caught up with online shopping because... Press of a button, you'd have it delivered right to your door within maybe 12 to 24 hours. And we buy an emotion because we want the happy hormones released into our body. So we, it's like for some people, it might be that having that glass of wine or that bit of chocolate in the evening. But we need it makes us feel happy and we want more of it and we buy more. I don't, but but that, that buzz doesn't last long and then the bills start to arrive. And the bills start to arrive. That's the thing. And you see, that's where then uh, you're going to homes and there's stuff and that's where the mistake boys are coming in because we're not returning them we're not trying them on when the items are coming in and we're not returning them now sometimes it could be coming from as I always say it could be coming from the slow boat from China that it's not worth your while sending it back but while you have others say like fantastic say like with Linwoods or H&M like them they can all be returned free of charge yeah but be, be, be careful now with Brexit Yes, there will be the some side. items that you you it'll cost you to return. So, to so, return. so, so, Eugenia, yeah, shop local, shop local. Shop local when when the when those shops are open. One thing that I did uh, recently, and it was, it was there was an emotional pull, and I decided no, I'm finally going to do it. You know that section of the wardrobe where you have outfits that at the time were quite expensive because they were bought for very special occasions, like a very yes. special family member getting yeah. married, a communion, a christening, a confirmation. And they were expensive dresses that you wore. You look fantastic on the day and you've never yeah. worn them again. Yeah. And like, I feel, I think over the years, you know, before Patricia, it was all about, um, you know, we bought occasional items and we would have spent big money, say, on Mother the Bride outfits or for different occasions, christenings or different gatherings. But now, anything goes. Now, this, again, we're going back to COVID. We have to sort of mention COVID so often, but like, with weddings kind of being, being put on hold but anything goes now with weddings so like we don't have to spend this big money but that is a huge thing when it comes to clothing it's the guilt and I'd always tell people if you can sell it to get something back in it now a lot of places obviously have clothes since but like um, you can if you could sell it online there's different places that buy consignments of designer clothing and they'll sell them on your behalf just to do a bit of um sussing out in that side of things but it's great to get money back it doesn't matter if it's only small money but you can only try yeah. now selling I'd always say Patricia is not for everyone but if you can get something back it definitely helps in reducing the guilt that goes with it OK and failing that do as I do did I passed them on to charity shops in the hope yeah. that what the outfits would bring joy to somebody else yeah. and at the same time the, the, the charity shop would benefit and make a bit of money absolutely and I was like that because I was trying to sell my wedding dress for a while and couldn't sell it I would have taken it to second hand um, 
wedding shop, couldn't sell it. And I came to the stage and was like, okay, Emery, it's still here, still hanging in the back of the door. And I was like, like you, Patricia, I was like, do you know what? Somebody, I didn't want to cut it up for um, christening dresses. My kids have been christened in the meantime since. And I felt that, you know what, somebody will get joy and somebody will, it'll benefit the community going to the local um, charity shop. Somebody, please God, will get aware out of it and will be absolutely thrilled with that purchase. So well it's done. all about spreading the love. Well done, well, well done. And by the way, decluttering isn't moving an item from one room to another no, room. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a huge thing that came up. Um, I, obviously, last year I had to take my business online because my one-to-ones had stopped and, and that's why I'll be continuing for 2021 going forward uh, with my online side of decluttering. But the whole clarity that women got for 2020 was, they were like, Amory, I've just realised all my life I have been moving stuff from A to B to C, every different corner of the house. And I keep saying, once you can go in with your hoover or your map that you can map and clean out dust out your four areas instead of going around bunches of paperwork or bundles of bags or boxes you have to tackle it Patricia and I'd always say go box by box or go bag by bag just do one press one item at a time and work through it and just yeah. separate watch and you'll be surprised the amount that I have come coming up to Christmas it's a lot of it was coming up to recycling. They didn't know where where to take stuff. Like the recycling centres are absolutely fantastic service to have. And with clutter, like what clutter, as I mentioned earlier on, is items you have not used in the last 12 to 18 months. But it's also about you need to redistribute. It has to leave your house. So it has to leave your house. No, it's a bit hard, obviously, at the moment under um, current restrictions. But it has to go with, without, or with, um, outside your house, for instance, 12, I'd always say 12 to 24 hours. Because what happens is someone is calling or uh, you want to hoover the hallway or whatever and the black bag is thrown back straight into the spare room and you're back to square one. <laughs> and then something will land on top of it and you forget completely yes. about it. I know a lot yeah. of the charity uh, shops are closed but many of them are still taking donations if you check in with your local uh, charity shop and they're yeah. open. A lot are doing click and collect as well and I know they did that successfully during the last yeah. uh, lockdown so keep an eye out on Facebook for your, your, your um, uh, charity shops because it's fantastic. And to pass things Absolutely. on uh, to to the charity shop. A listener has a house full of books. Uh, lives with lives with somebody who's never thrown a book away. Right. Any tips on how to organise the books? The books. I'd always say again, what have you not like? We always keep books that we reread. So the ones that we read all the time that we can't part with. I'd say you have to love everything as well, um, guys, in your house. So if you love it, you're going to reread it. If you haven't read it or if you just can't get into it, I'd be definitely passing it on. But like Lysheen House, I know a lot of the charity shops have, ta- have stopped taking um, books because um, I usually like the, the local charities that I would do or, or support here locally in Santa Kilty, my local town, would be St. Vincent de Paul, the wheelchair shop, um, the kids project in Spillers Lane is fantastic. But they, again, they stopped just coming during COVID and into the different lockdowns. But like Lysheen House in Skibreen and here in Clan, they have another outlet here in Clan Kilty. They take books and they're absolute because they have a library set up in their Skibreen outlet and it's an absolutely fantastic place to take books because, do you know what, people love reading and it's great to pass them on. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Somebody is going to get use out of them. Here's a great tip from D in Goline to say, Hi Patricia, um, I have the habit that at the first of the year I sort, sort my wardrobe and I turn all my hangers the other way around. At the end of the year, the hangers that were not turned around meant I haven't worn them, so out it goes. Brilliant, fantastic. Isn't that yeah, great? And we, all have, yeah, and we all have our own, we all have our own like, systems in our home, but we all know deep down what have we worn. As I always say, Thankfully, we don't live in the Stone Age anymore, but like we know what's going to the washing machine. We know what's going to the dry cleaners every week or every month or whatever. So we know exactly what we're wearing. Um, it's the stuff that we can't find. And I'd always say as well with the wardrobes is don't put them into like dust bags and like, you know, like the shoes, the good shoes are all kept in boxes and dust bags and everything. You have to see everything. Same with jewellery. Make sure you can see every single thing. If you can see them, you'll wear them. Yeah, that's a good... And, and the same goes for items in your kitchen. You know, yeah. the cupboard, what's at the back of the cupboard. Yeah. Now, I, I smiled when you said, you know, if, you've, if you haven't used it in the last 12 to 18 months. <laughs> I have an electric carving knife that only comes out at Christmas for the yeah. car- carving of the turkey and ham. And it came out again. I have had it years and it yeah. works perfectly. And it's gone back into the same drawer. But as I pulled it out, I noticed there was other things that I haven't used in years yeah. And I got rid of them. I just got rid of them. And that's the thing, Patricia, like, you know, you have to literally, and I, if anyone is starting the clutter, especially for the new year, start with one cupboard. And literally, what I do with my clients and advise all my clients is take every single thing out of that one cupboard and just do it one cupboard at a time. Don't take the whole place apart because that's going to be where the overwhelm is going to kick in. Yeah. You're going to do one cupboard at a time and clean it out, give it a good wash out, give it a good clean, and you know exactly again, like the wardrobe, what have you used, what's not working, what is, and you know, the kitchen especially is about, you can buy all these fantastic things that are going to change your life in the kitchen, all these utensils and soup makers and everything, but again, hand in heart, have we used them in the last 12 to 18 months? Again, a lot of people will say a lot of people say and the satisfaction when you have those kitchen cupboards done yes. you're, you're hoping even though nobody can call at the moment but I'm always hoping somebody will call and I'll leave the cupboard so door open oh jeez that cupboard door open there look how tidy my cupboard is such a great sense of satisfaction a Cork City listener says that the Irish Cancer Society shops in the city take books uh, but hold Brilliant. on because they're, they're closed at the moment yeah. but hold them because they would love to get them from you OK and Anne-Marie your work has gone now completely online at White Sage decluttering? Yes, because, um, again, do you know what? Um, as I was talking to JP before I came on air, um, do you know, I think we've all got clarity, I think, this year for, or for, I keep saying this year, for last year, 2020, with, do you know, my business had changed so much. My business has changed so much, Patricia, like, since I started, I'm going, I'm four years in business, please God, for March the 1st coming, and I'm expecting baby number three for early April, please God. Congratulations. So, it's going to be, yeah, so I've taken everything online because, again, do you know what, I suppose, like, we don't know how 2021 is going to pan out, but it's, for me, going forward, it's all online. So I have a, I have a private membership site uh, called White Stage Academy, where, again, it's um, it's a private group. There, It's a step-by-step process, so every, we go through every area of the home over 12 months and also I do Zoom sessions online as well um, so it's fantastic I'm very excited for 2021 well going well forward done. Well done and what you say baby number three on the way? Baby number three please Hi you've got to have um, a busy household as well Busy household yeah. So a white sage decluttering and people can find you on Facebook Sure can, absolutely. Okay. Listen, good luck with it Anne-Marie good luck with the baby and no doubt we'll speak again but thanks a million for all your words of advice. 
Thank you so much, Patricia. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm Marie Kingston there from White Sage to Cluttering. Court today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Now, remote rural areas which had experienced few, if any, COVID-19 cases are now reporting surges in the virus. Dr. Paul O'Sullivan is a Bantry GP based at the Marino Medical Clinic in Bantry. And uh, Paul joins me with his concerns. Good afternoon to you, Paul. Hello there. Uh, you're, you're welcome to the programme. When did you start to see an increase in cases? Well, basically, I think we started to see it um, just just before um, the Christmas holidays. Um, just to to, to um, we had uh, sixteen cases, uh, sixteen referrals over the the twenty third to the twenty fourth, and of those six uh, were positive. And over the next few days, we could see that there was a surge of either calls and referrals. Um, I did a, a shift on the uh, New Year's uh, day and every call was COVID-related for referral or, or symptoms or treatment. Um, and uh, it, it, it was the first time, actually, that uh, we were asked by the South Dock um, service to take over calls from Cork City itself. Um, that's never happened before, that the, the rural cells that covered a part of uh, greater uh, Cork County were asked to, to, to chip in to help the uh, Cork City. Um, because they uh, were seeing such a surge in oh, calls. They were, over, they were overwhelmed. I mean, and every, every case we dealt with from Cork was COVID-related. It was extraordinary. Um, we were, we, we'd never seen anything like it. Um, and and the you're but you're now starting to see cases in some of the more rural villages. And would they have been villages that you could all, almost you could have said were COVID free? Exactly. I mean, we we would we would have very few cases. For example, in say the Sheep's Head Peninsula or in Beara, and usually there would be you'd be able to pinpoint a cause and. Um, with the efforts of public health, um, we'd be able to isolate them and deal with them. So these were COVID-free areas. Um, and now we're getting reports of, of cases appearing all over. It's a, As I said before, it's like in one of these Hollywood disaster movies where people suddenly realise that nowhere is safe, that there's nowhere they, they, can, they can retreat to because the condition is everywhere. Um, and uh, say, for example, in villages like, say, Kilcrohan, Doris, Ahakista, um, Skull, um, they had all these, they, to a certain extent, all these villages would have been fairly COVID-free over the last 12 months. But in the space of a couple of weeks, suddenly that situation has reversed. And it's, do you, is it to do with people travelling home for Christmas? I mean, a lot of it was. People um, would have been either assembling for Christmas or going out for Christmas or, you know, going shopping. Um, and I don't think it has gotten through to people. I mean, we regularly have been trying to contact people as part of uh, to arrange testing and we'd speak to them and it was quite obvious that they were they were in the middle of shopping, even though they should have been isolating because they were in contact with a with a COVID positive case. And it is quite extraordinary that they almost disconnect. Um, and I think um, it's uh, 
there, there's not a lot we can do. I mean, at the moment we are dealing with, because there's a two-week window of, of when people are exposed to um, to symptoms occurring, and um, we are still, the cases we are dealing with now really originated, say, around the 19th or 20th. Mm. Um, so that takes up to two weeks to feed through. So unfortunately, we, we, we are starting to see the cases now basically grow exponentially and this is all coming down to people um, essentially coming together over Christmas. And when somebody is told, Paul, that they need to restrict their movements or self-isolate for 14 days, they must do it for the 14 days. Exactly. Yeah, there, there, there is, there's no get-out clause. They should stay in their, the house or stay in their room or wherever that they, they can stay. If they don't, they put either their immediate family or their friends or or their workplace colleagues at risk. And unfortunately now, because of the amount of cases, um, contact tracing has is now been overwhelmed. Anybody who is positive, all their close contacts now are automatically assumed to be positive. Yeah, they're no longer being tested. They're no longer being tested. Yeah, because I, I heard of somebody who over Christmas was a close contact and doing the 14 days isolation, mm-hmm. but well, didn't didn't have any symptoms, was fine. And on day 12, woke up and realised, oh, I'm not feeling well. And then exactly. went forward and was was day 12 before. Exactly, yeah. That, there is a reason why we tell people you have to isolate for two weeks. It can take almost that long for the symptoms to occur. And the message for everybody else, Paul, is simply stay at home. Stay at home. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Don't go out. Don't go. If you can stay away from work or work from home, work from home. I think this is worse than March. We, we I wouldn't be surprised in the next few weeks that uh, I joked with one of my colleagues that we might become the little Italy where, if you remember case, the the the, um, the scenes that we all saw in March of, of hospital wards overwhelmed in Italy and people being treated in corridors, um, almost like a makeshift uh, ICUs. I mean, if, if things continue over the next two weeks, we are in for one hell of a ride. My God, my God. Um, and to, so stay at home and if people are concerned, particularly if they have symptoms, it's then and only then you contact your GP or the out-of-hour service. Certainly, they, they should contact the GP. They will be referred for testing, um, but they should stay at home. They should isolate. They should wash their hands. They should wear a mask. Um, that's, that's to prevent the spread to either family members or other close people who could possibly be in close contact. Um, that's all they can do, and that, it, that, that has proven to work. I was reading in the Irish Independent today that there is a fear that if the surge keeps going the way it's going that and the the testing and tracing system becomes overwhelmed, it could get to the stage where testing will only be done on those in the most more vulnerable groups, even people with symptoms. I'll be brutally honest. I'd say we're days away from that. You know, uh, I'd wow. say by the end of the week, we 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 patients currently waiting three days or four days to be to be to be tested. I, I have a lady who rang me, she she'd been referred on the second. She hadn't heard an appointment yet. So hopefully she'll get something today. But if not, it could be three days. 
And why, uh, while you wait, treat yourself as if you are positive. Exactly. Yeah, you, you, are, you, are, you are infectious and positive until proven otherwise. And the vaccination, how, how are you feeling about vaccinations, Paul, and how long is it, how long it's taking? Well, we, we are quite concerned because uh, the Department of the, the, the HSE doesn't seem to regard uh, GP and frontline staff as priorities. Um, we see patients face to face. We go into their homes, but there's no mention that GPs are going to get the vaccinations. Uh, now, granted, they have to make very difficult calls, but we've heard reports, say, in, in, in Dublin of people, retired security guards in hospital being given the vaccine uh, while frontline um, staff further down the country, like, for example, in, 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 in primary care, in GPs, in nurses, there's no mention that they're going to be vaccinated. There's no target date that there's going to be vaccine. There's going to be vaccine available to them. So we, we, we feel that that is very unfair and actually could contribute to possibly further deterioration in the, the, the service provision because if, for example, I become in contact with a patient who is positive, I then have to go into isolation while I'm tested. Um, if I become ill because um, I, I, I get the, the uh, condition, then that means patients cannot see me. You're out I of action. I'm out of action. Yeah. And then that's more stress on my colleagues who then have to shoulder the burden. And, and I'm also, I was shocked getting text messages in from people working in the ambulance service. They're another group that haven't been prioritised. Uh, definitely. They would be probably, no, they would be in the same situation. They would be the first responders. They would be going out in all weathers, in all situations. Um, and they would be coming across people who literally often may not be able to tell them that they're, they, 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 they have symptoms or that they may be COVID positive or not. And so they are in exactly the same situation as ourselves. Yeah, a lot of work needs to be done, certainly on exactly. vaccinations. Yeah. Listen, Paul, we appreciate you because I know how busy you are. So we do appreciate you taking time out uh, to talk to us. Stay safe and thanks for joining us. Good morning to you. That is uh, Dr. Paul O'Sullivan, who uh, is a GP in Bantry, painting a rather bleak uh, picture indeed. Folks, stay at home. Please keep washing your hands. And if you do need to go out, wear the masks and keep up uh, the social distancing. Just on the ambulance service, another text in saying regard to vaccination of the ambulance service, we are the front of the front line. We have to deal in very close proximity with the general public. We can go into houses five or six a day on a shift. We go to nursing homes, we go into hospitals, as well as being in danger ourselves. The general public are in danger if we are out sick. Who is going to deal with the strokes, the heart attacks, the car accidents, etc.? Could you please publicise this and help us to get protected? We are 10 months dodging this infection and there's no word from our management. I really am beyond... uh, belief to think that uh, I would have thought that the ambulance service was one where, the, as that texture says, the front of the front line and along with the GPs to hear Dr Paula Sullivan saying GPs are not on the list to be vaccinated. We really are vaccinations 
um, our vaccination programme, they really need to take a look at who they're vaccinating and who they're vaccinating uh, first and get the vaccinations rolled out as quickly as possible. OK, just some other texts coming in. Morning, Patricia, on schools opening. Back last September, the only way they could see the reopening of schools wasn't if COVID numbers were low in the community. They certainly are not low now and they're considering reopening it. I have a child in praise school and I have one child in primary school. I do not want them being treated like guinea pigs and therefore do not want them being sent back to school. I want to keep them safe and keep them home. Review, leave the schools closed and then review opening them in February, says this listener. Hi Patricia, on people not answering the phones for contact tracers, I would like to point out that I will not answer any calls if I don't know the number. They can leave a message. The problem here is I'm driven demented with scam calls and I'm sure I'm not alone doing this. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that as well when I heard of people not answering the calls to contact tracers. Now, I don't know if you don't answer a call to a contact tracer. I'm assuming they leave a message to say, and I know they do call you back. And I know a number does come up on it, so you could call the number back. But I don't know, has anybody not missed a call from contact tracing? And did they leave a message to say you are being contact traced? Because it is important that you do take that call and you do heed the advice that is given that is given to you. Hi Patricia, if Micheál Martin was as quick with the rollout of the vaccine as he was with the mistaken reopening of the country prior to Christmas and then when the horse was bolted closing again abruptly, things would be much more positive for everyone. Britain have vaccinated over a million people. What have we done, says a Kerry listener. Um, Am I right in saying we're at about the 5,000 level? Because the initial dose of vaccine that came in was 10,000, of which they only give out five because they had to keep the other five for the second uh, follow-up. I'll try and see if I can get an accurate figure on the number of been vaccinated, which ties in with what Bernard Moynihan was saying to us earlier, that we should have almost a running total every day on how many people have been vaccinated. Chris in from Moyes says, Happy New Year, Patricia. Many happy returns. Uh, uh, Chris, if the vaccine was put into a pint, most of the country would be vaccinated in a weekend, says uh, Chris. And another listener says, Morning, my brother lives in Mallorca and works in Italy. He travels between the two countries every fortnight. He cannot, under any circumstances, enter either country without proof of a negative test within 24 hours. If no proof, he has to take a test, which results are then given to him within five hours. If you refuse, you'll be arrested. That is the way it is and it's the way it should have been here since last March. We are an island nation. We could have done it and we still could do it. People are coming and going with options of tests with no follow-up of isolation. My husband and I both had tests last week, both negative uh, thank God and both took two days to get an appointment time for a test in 48 hours for the result. The staff were absolutely uh, lovely. Hi Patricia, Happy New Year, many happy returns. I was wondering if you could, if you know or could find out whether people are being tested for COVID prior to getting the vaccine. I am not sure if it matters although it would make sense to me not to waste a vaccine on a positive case etc. It's just that I haven't heard that being mentioned thanking you. No, I can tell you people don't get tested to see if they are COVID positive or if they have antibodies and the reason for that is even if you have had COVID-19 you are still told to get a vaccine because nobody knows how long the antibodies that you build up having when you get COVID-19 nobody knows how long the antibodies last and we do know there has been cases worldwide of people who have 
got COVID-19 and unfortunately got it a second time. So for that reason, they won't test to see if you have COVID or not because you will, you will be getting the test. You will be getting the vaccine uh, regard, regardless. 1850-333-103. Our lines are open. John Paul continues to take the calls. The phone lines have been busy, by the way. Uh, so bear with uh, John Paul on that one. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And I'm doing my best to get through as many of the texts and the WhatsApps that are coming in as well. I can answer this question that came in for a listener saying hi Patricia where can I get a pension application form I'm in the McCroom area and I don't have a computer thanking you and happy new year okay you can obviously apply online but if you're not online you can get an application form by going into a social welfare branch office that they mightn't be open because we're under level 5 but you can also get it at a citizen information centre again they mightn't be open you need to check but you can get it at any post office so if you just call into your post office in the McCroom area you'll be able to pick up your application form there. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Whitechurch GAA's annual Christmas draw will be held on the 8th of January. There are three chances to win and the tickets are priced at €10. You can check out their Facebook page White Church GAA for more details. And the Irish Cancer Society are still looking for volunteer drivers to help transport cancer patients to and from their hospital chemotherapy treatments. Volunteers are needed in Cork to help keep this vital service running. You can get more details by going to their website, the which is www.cancer.ie. Cork today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com. I have to say a lot of reaction on schools and whether schools should close or not. A lot of people are saying, yes, stay closed, please. Somebody else is saying, let them take their summer holidays now, take the midterm breaks, let them stay off now and then let them stay on in school for June, July and August instead. I wonder how teachers uh, would react to that. Someone else says keep schools closed and shut the off licences instead. And Mike says is in agreement that schools should reopen next Monday the 11th. It is very bad for children's mental health but make sure kids and parents keep their distance at pick up and drop off times says Mike there's certainly not a lot of social distancing going on outside school gates you'll see big crowds of uh, people and a lot of people making that same point keep the schools closed but shut the off licences instead and a Middleton listener says I was shopping last week and my husband said to the checkout lady God you're very quiet this morning and she said wait until the off licence open we're not allowed to sell drink until half past ten and then you'll see a big change so a lot of people are out buying alcohol says this uh, listener now I want to go to the phone lines where uh, Deputy Thomas Gould uh, joins me Good afternoon Thomas Good afternoon Patricia now, Thomas, and listen Happy New Year to yourself and all your listeners You're very kind many happy returns I was just speaking with Dr Paul O'Sullivan who is a GP based in Bantry and he was making the point that for the first time ever the rural cells for South Dock were asked to pick up the flack and take the calls because the city South Dock service was so overwhelmed that the county areas had to start taking the calls from the city. And you reckon the big problem is because the Blackpool South Dock is still closed. Yes, and I was listening to the doctor when he was speaking to you and he was describing how overwhelmed uh, the whole, all areas now, city, county, rural, it, 
it's just the, the COVID-19 crisis now has got into every community. And one of the issues that I raised about the closure of Blackpool and the HSE wrote to South Dock in September and again in October and they asked South Dock to reopen Blackpool. And at the time, the HSE said it was in public health interest because they were afraid if Blackpool wasn't reopened, it would push more patients into hospital settings at a time when we need to keep them out. Now, if that was in September and October, it just shows you, and listening to the doctor who was on with you this morning, how vital it is that we reopen South Dock and Blackpool immediately. Now, this morning, I've wrote to, written to the Taoiseach, the Minister for Health, the HSE, and South Dock are pleading with them to open because it's actually dangerous. No, it's a public health issue now that we need to have South Dock Blackpool open immediately. Well, particularly when we're hearing that the South Docks in the county who were already stretched, that they're suddenly, they have to take the calls for the city. And what we're hearing is, it's this is right across Cox City and County that doctors, you see, unfortunately, and I, I believe that South Dock have made, they've closed the Blackpool and they also closed uh, the Stone, which is in Kerry, and I believe that they did this to reduce rent, reduce running costs, and to maximise profits. Like, how anyone could close a, a healthcare facility in the worst pandemic in our history, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, a, it's a disgrace, Patricia. Well, if anything, and, we, need, we need more more of those services, not less of them at the moment. And some people are saying we should have actually four in Cork, north, south, east and west, that we need to open up more facilities so that people, we need to keep people out of the hospitals, we need to keep them, uh, there's a lot of great work that GPs are doing and we need them to be supported. Like, I know I've used South Dock, unfortunately, a lot of times out of hours for, for my own family's use, right? And I've been in, in both Blackpool and the Kinsale Road. And what people are telling me now is that the Kinsale Road can't cope at the moment. And what are South Dock doing this afternoon? Like, Patricia, South Dock got $7.3 million from the HSE last year. They're getting paid to provide the service. And also you have a lot of patients who are paying for when they're going to the Privately, doctor. yeah, privately. Yeah, so like, okay, so, so you're saying million. you've been on to the Department of Health and you've been on to the Minister and you're waiting for him to get back to you? Yes, okay. what I'm going to be saying is that I, don't believe, I be, believe South Dock are in breach of their service level agreement. And I think that the seven million that they're due this year, that that shouldn't be paid to them until they open Blackpool and provide the service that's needed. OK. All right, um, Thomas, keep us updated uh, when you hear back. Thank you for that. Thank you. For and uh, thanks for joining us. 1850 333 103. Uh, Mairead, uh, good afternoon to you, Mairead. You, good afternoon, um, Patricia. You First of all, I want to wish you and yours a very, very happy new year. And many thanks for the wonderful job you did in 2020. It was yeah. absolutely well, you're outstanding. very kind. You're very kind. And many happy returns. You, Thank you, so you much. think we should be following the lead of New Zealand? Oh, listen here to me. I mean, who would? The, it begs the question: like, what planet is the government on that they could not realise that last March they should have closed on the airports, closed on the ferries, end of just stop the movement of people from country to country. It just doesn't add up. And it will never, never clear up, Patricia, while this is ongoing. Look at New Zealand. New Zealand is squeaky clean. 
and they celebrated New Year's Eve in Auckland with a plum. Yeah. Here we are. We're like, we're like rabbits inside in burrows. Do you know? We're, we're, yeah. And ducks and geese were being herded here, herded there, and yet they just haven't the common sense, the logic to close down the airports. It's as simple as that. The airports need to be closed down and the ferries do not allow anybody any movement in and out of countries. Yeah, that the goods need that need to get in and out okay, which, which is yeah. which is what New Zealand and Australia are doing. But you yeah, they, yeah. you stop the movement of of, of people. And it's yeah. it's not that we haven't what well, we should have learned. I mean, if you think back in March when we were all the first when the pandemic hit and we were all learning and whatever, and we had the likes of Cheltenham, we had the likes of the Italians who came in for the match that got cancelled, and then everyone said at the time we saw a spike in cases and it, we knew what it was from. That we we've the experience is there. We know that people travel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like. I mean, they, they, it still didn't sink in. Like, the message was not uh, brought home to them that, okay, people travelling, they, they, they're all carriers, all yeah. carriers of this dreaded disease. And, like, I mean, the numbers are up and up and up and up and they're not going to drop until they're going to stop this movement of people and stop the countries travelling to and fro. It just does not add up. I mean, it is absolutely, it is so annoying. We're going, we're into lockdown, uh, okay, uh, this is the, yeah, yeah. This is and this is the third lockdown, and this is the third wave, and it does. Correct. Listening Correct. to the doctors, I mean, listening to to Doctor Paul from Bantry, you can sense it in his voice. Yeah. This is yeah. going to be the worst. This is. We thought yeah. the first wave was bad. This is this number three is going to be absolutely, the worst. Absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose okay. you see, okay, the, the virus didn't know it was Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and okay. and people were out and and they were you know celebrating. And in one sense, I can understand. I can understand quite easily why people would go out and celebrate because they have been locked down. I mean, our sense of freedom is gone. Everything is gone since last March. People are just tired, tired, tired. But having said that, one has to have a sense of responsibility and must think of other people as well. And there were a lot of, um, I won't mention the names, but I know a lot of yahoos out around Christmas and they had house parties and they had she beans and they had all these sort of things. I mean, to be fair, if they opened the wet pubs, which should have been open from the beginning, they can be policed, whereas you cannot police a shebeen, you cannot police a house party, you cannot police anything private like that. But you can in in um, we we'll say in in you know in that situation. Yeah, yeah. If, if they if they had if they had, if okay. they had the pubs open and just give them an hour, I mean, dear God, like mental stability is so important. And like, I mean, as a result of this, I can see the the amount of psychological problems will be. Totally frightening and will far, far supersede the COVID cases. Okay, and John Paul says a number of the number of calls we're getting since you've joined us uh, saying Maraid is spot on, close all of the ports, both the air and the seaports. Okay, we leave it there, Maraid. Thank you for that. Stay safe, look after yourself. Thank you, Patricia. God bless. And you and yours. Take care. Yeah. Bye bye. 1850 333 103. Annalise Drissel, our nutritional therapist, uh, will be joining us after the break. If you've got a question for Annalise, get it in either to John Paul at 1850 333 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 Court today on C103 with McCroom Motors leading the way for Toyota hybrids the place to order your 211 Toyota see McCroomMotors.com 
This is the Cork Today replay on C103. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Three. And Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic joining us. Happy New Year to you, Annalise. Happy New Year, Patricia. Well, did you survive Christmas? It was actually, I'm much healthier than I am after a usual Christmas. It was very little socialising. <laughs> so my liver is thanking me. Well done, well done. Still a lot of rubbish left in the houses though, isn't there? Um, I got through it. Did I you? got through it. Because there was nothing else to do, Patricia. So there was a few boxes of Quality Street went by the wayside for sure. Okay. And and you just don't, you don't beat yourself up about it. No. It's just it's a thing we no. all have to do over Christmas. Absolutely. Don't worry about it. And sure, we were all out walking because there was nothing else to do. Yeah, so, that's true. You know, it's true. I think you have to have, you have to enjoy life. It has to be the 80-20 rule really, Patricia, doesn't it? Okay, absolutely. Now, there's a lot of people obviously very nervous with the increase in, in the COVID figures and people starting to feel really, really nervous and afraid to go out. And lots of people asking the same question, what can we do to protect ourselves? Now, I know it's a highly contagious uh, virus, but is there anything from from a nutritional point of view that we can be doing to, to help avoid getting it? Absolutely, Patricia. The vitamin D is the number one that I am recommending for people. I'm, and I know I recommend it every year. I say clock change to clock change. So um, that gets us over the, the winter months. So we do make vitamin D from the action of sunshine on cholesterol in our skin. But in the winter, of course, we don't get any sunshine here in Ireland. Plus, our animals are all indoors, so we do not get it from food. So it is really very difficult to get your vitamin D. You have to supplement it. And a lot of studies that are coming out now have been showing that the people who end up testing positive for COVID that end up in the hospitals are the ones that have a much lower vitamin D status. So it seems to play a very important role in the immune system. So I think for most people, you need to be taking about a 1,000 Um, I use international units that stands for and that will do for most people but if you're very immune compromised if you're on um, immunosuppressant drugs for example it's safe to take a high dose of vitamin D you could take 3000 or 4000 I use no problem and it won't interfere with your medication so that's one I would recommend and a lot of people are taking vitamin C and zinc because that's something they take every winter Um, that's another cheap and cheerful one that's very easy for people to take 
diet wise and nutrition wise i mean we we really are what we eat so if you're eating an awful lot of sugar that plays a big role in immune depression so step away from the quality street and i need to listen to that advice myself but <laughs> Um, yeah, sugar will suppress your T-cell ability to fight viruses and your T-cells are your first line of defense. So stay away from sugar and plenty this time of the year. I always think stews are great because they're warming and comforting and you can pack in things like um, carrots and turnips that have got a lot of the beta carotenes, brilliant for the immune system and zinc. Put in um, onions, which are fantastic as well for immune system. Garlic is another wonderful one. So make sure that the food that you're eating is lots of vegetables um, and good quality home cooked food, and that is the best way really to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's a very cold spell this week as well. So nice, hearty stew is a great thing to to sit down to. Okay, Patricia, uh, happy New Year to you and all, and to Annalise. Question for Annalise, please. Uh, sometimes when I go to bed or if I sit down, my legs, my feet, not my legs, my feet get restless. What can I do for Catherine in Mallow? So this is probably the most common question, really, Patricia. I think that people ask on the radio and. There are a few reasons that you might have restless feet or restless leg. And the most common reason would be a magnesium deficiency. So that's always the first place to start. You could either buy a magnesium oil or gel and rub it into the feet, or you could take magnesium orally as a supplement. For some people, it's a low uh, a sign of low iron. So if you're not a meat eater or if you've been low in iron in the past, taking an iron supplement with B12 in it as well is a very good way to... Um, to, to top up your iron levels and I think for vegetarians and vegans it's a big fashion now at the moment iron and B12 are the two ones that are very difficult to get from a, uh, a vegan diet so I think certainly taking B12 all the time but taking iron every now and then to supplement yourself it's a good idea uh, another thing that some people find useful for the restless legs is quinine which you get in the tonic water um, so drinking tonic water is a good way to go with that uh, you can get a prescription for the quinine from your GP, but they don't like to recommend it for long-term use, use because it can affect the heart. But whereas if it's in your tonic water, it's in mild levels, so it, it, that should be okay to drink. Um, and for some women, it's a menopausal issue, and in that case, possibly considering HRT or taking natural HRT supplement might be the way to go there. Listener says, after all the eating, I'm assuming at Christmas, stomach is feeling a bit unwell, constantly rumbling. Any quick solutions, please? Okay, so I suppose the first question I'd have asked if someone came into the shop would be, are you having, are you going to the loo every day? And if you aren't, a good way to do a good gut cleanse is to take something that has got good quality fibre in there, like psyllium husk. Um, I know that aloe pura do a lovely digestive complex um, that has peppermint and chamomile and fennel in there. That's very good for kind of windy, rumbly stomach. And then they also do one called aloe vera complex, which has got magnesium, rhubarb extract and some fiber in there. That's good if you're not having a daily bowel movement. Um, So either of those would work well. And if you've been overeating, I think it's always good to do a bit of a cleanse. Aloe vera is a lovely one for that. You can take it in liquid or tablet form as well. Okay, listener, Veronica, her daughter is getting migraines. They can last three to four days at a time. She can feel extremely unwell when she gets it and isn't able to eat or drink. Any advice? God, that's tough going, isn't it? Yeah, migraines are very debilitating, Patricia. And um, there's a few reasons that people get migraines. One of the big things is to try and figure out the trigger and one of the most difficult things. So triggers could be common ones are things like cheese, chocolate, coffee, caffeine. 
they will be very common triggers. But for a lot of people, it's when they're tired or if they've been sitting at a computer for a very long time. I'm seeing a lot more migraines now that people are working from home in front of their computers. Also, migraines can be hormonal, especially for women. So if you can figure out the trigger, um, it's, it's a much better way of managing migraines. Uh, but when you have the headache, there's nothing natural will work. You need the heavy-duty painkillers for that. But for some people, if they get them regularly, taking a high dose of riboflavin is a good way for prevention. Now, you need about 400 milligrams, and it's quite hard to get that. So Viridian do... Um, uh, uh, complex a high b2 complex and that is 200 milligrams of riboflavin in there so you could take two of those a day and that can work wonders for people for preventing migraine if it's hormonal even though it's the head you're actually looking at the liver treating the liver for hormonal migraines so you want something with dandelion milk thistle um all the foods that are really good for hormone balance for the liver are the ones with sulfur in it like eggs onions garlic brassicas like cabbage, increasing those in the diet or taking a supplement with those extracts are very good for, um, and it helps the, the, the liver clean out the body of the old hormones that need to be recycled and got rid of. And that is the preventative action there of hormonal migraines. Hi, Annalise. Can I take a thyroid supplement with statins? Can I take a thyroid Should be no problem whatsoever. Yeah. Um, the statin is for preventing high cholesterol and the thyroid, taking a thyroid supplement is really just putting in the natural building blocks like iodine, selenium, some of the B vitamins, possibly tyrosine, in so that your thyroid can make your thyroid hormones successfully. So there should be no crossover at all. The one thing with the statin is that you do need to have your liver function checked regularly because it is hard on the liver. So I would suggest taking any other supplement at a different time from your statin, just let it go through the liver on its own. Annalise, how do you get tested for a dairy intolerance? The listener is thinking she may be lactose intolerant. Yeah, the best way to do it really, Patricia, is actually to do an elimination diet for a week. So cut out all dairy for a whole week um, and be very strict about it because there's no point kind of having a drop of milk in your tea and all of that. So take that out of your diet for a full week and then on the eighth day, wake up and drink a big glass of milk. And if you're lactose intolerant, your system will rebel having had the break for the week. You can actually get tested for lactose, uh, for, for dairy intolerance with uh, a food intolerance test. Now, that looks for antibodies to the proteins in the dairy, and it's more of an intolerance, an immune reaction intolerance. Whereas a lactose intolerance is more that you are not breaking down the sugar lactose that's present in milk. So you can take a digestive enzyme that will supplement your own natural ability to break that down and you can also buy lactose-free milk and you don't have to avoid dairy at all. So it is good to figure out whether it's one or the other. Okay, you, we were talking about restless feet. Mary has a problem with hot feet. Is that the same thing? can be part of the same thing but actually much more difficult um, in terms of trying to find a, a, a solution for it. Um, again, the hot feet can often be part of a menopausal thing. Some women get burning feet, some women get a burning tongue and it's they don't understand why, they don't understand how to fix it or how, you know, what's the cause of it in terms of menopause, but it's a common thing. So in those cases, I would recommend people to take natural HRT or go to the doctor and get HRT because it's really, it's all about risk versus benefit and the benefits of HRT can often far outweigh the risks. Um, other things really would be just um, maybe you putting your feet into um, a foot bath with magnesium salts 
so that the salts are getting directly into the feet. That can help sometimes. Or just using a cooling gel on the feet like um, aloe vera can be just a, a nice natural way of cooling them. Okay, could Annalise uh, please repeat the name of a medicine she mentioned two weeks ago for an overactive bladder? I can't rem- remember it because she yes, repeated it. So we were please. talking about um, angelica root extract, Icelandic angelica root extract. It is um, the only company that make it in Ireland that you can get it from, or a company called Viridian. It is quite expensive and you do need to take it for at least two weeks before you can tell whether it's working or not. But I've had very good feedback from customers and it's not something that necessarily you need to take all the time. You could take it for a period of two months and you might get six months then out of it before you might need to take it again. So it's called Viridian Icelandic Angelica Root Extract. Okay, and finally, could Annalise give any recommendations to kickstart a diet? There'll be a lot of people listed in for this one. Yeah, and everybody looks to do it at this time of the year, which I actually think is the wrong time, Patricia, because it's the most depressing month of the year. (laughs) But um, in terms of your diet, I think really what you need to do is you need to look to the long term and plan a healthy eating program. So really the first step is to cut out the rubbish. If you do have leftover stuff from Christmas, just throw it out, put it in the rubbish bin and make sure you won't be able to get to it. And just making sure in terms of your diet that you've got smaller grain portion sizes. So don't eat too much bread, pasta, potatoes, rice. Focus on plates that are piled high with vegetables and good quality protein like eggs or free-range chicken or, or lean meat. And They'll keep you feeling full so you're not starving and less likely to fall off the wagon. So fill your belly with that. I always have a big pot of soup, Patricia, going as well, which, you know, if I feel starving, I'll always have a bowl of soup before I sit down to my dinner. And that's a good way for me not to overeat. And you can make a big soup of vegetables um, that, you know, with lots of different flavourings that will be very tasty as well as filling you up. OK. All right. Listen, have a lovely week and we'll chat again uh, Thanks, next Patricia. Uh, next Monday. That's Annalise Drissel of the Health Hub Times Square in uh, Balancolic. Thanks as always for all of her advice. I have about a minute left. Patricia, we should not be asked to stay at home. Everyone should be made to stay at home, especially now that close contacts are not being tested. Will we ever get the message through to uh, people? And Anne has been on. Anne was one of the ones who had something in the post before Christmas, she said, hi, my problem, my problem with the post. My daughter and grandchildren still didn't receive their two gift boxes that I posted on December the 10th. I got on to Port Leash and was told there's a worldwide pandemic on and it wasn't their fault. <laughs> kind regards. And she was posting them to a Berlin. Oh, that's really, really disappointing. But hang in there. There is a worldwide pandemic. We know the postal services all over the world are struggling and it's not just necessarily our country that there's delays you know they'll get it out of Ireland but it's when they get into the next country that that's where the delay could be as well because I know I sent packages to Australia and they didn't arrive I was really disappointed for the, because it's for small kids didn't arrive until after Christmas but it was much excitement the week after Christmas when the package arrived OK that's where I leave you for today thanks to uh, John Paul we're back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock on to the night Patricia Messenger very good afternoon stay safe Court today on C103 with McCroom Motors leading the way for Toyota Hybrid the place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCrewmotors.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.